Welcome back to Inside the Kentucky Derby. As we have a new leader in the clubhouse as the early favorite for this year's Kentucky Derby 150 after the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. And that's Fierceness, who really rounded back into form. And to those of you who are loyal listeners to this podcast, the one and only Darren Rogers sitting next to me <laughs> tabbed this horse as well. You were you were intrigued by him, and definitely and intrigued by him. Sixteen to one, if you were right. Thirty five dollars on the nose, if you backed on your Twin Spires account. But Darren, he uh, he proved he can run fast as a sprinter when he debuted, and now fierceness proved he can run fast against some of the best two year olds that this country has to offer. And he proved he can run fast on a fast track. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, that was a man. That was a very, very nice performance by fierceness. And um, yeah, you're kind. Uh, you know, I, I I was on Timberlake, but I was definitely intrigued by fierceness. And and this is just another example of you just don't let one performance get you off a horse. And when he drifted up to sixteen to one, uh, you got to take some of that. I mean, that was you know he was the second coming. Arguably, ran the fastest race. Um, at Saratoga last summer and, you know, obviously things didn't go right in the champagne. You know, he lunged at the start. He had to check, um, you know, took back a little bit and it just wasn't going his way, uh, that day. But, uh, Todd Pletcher moved him to, uh, his Kentucky base down at Keeneland had a very nice breeze on the, uh, 27th of October to prep him, uh, for this big run. And <clears throat> boy, he, he, he just. He did everything right. You know, he relaxed real nice off the right hip of, uh, of general partner who, you know, dictated the terms you had Muth about another length back in third, followed by wind me up down on the inside. I thought he'd be closer yeah, and on was, the lead, but he was taken back and kind of raced and I think that was fourth. a real, that, that was a real story of this race is right. His general partner got, control of the early lead whereas wind me up really sort of dictated back off of that and i think that's really maybe was not in the plans of probably trainer bob Bob baffert because he had three of them in here and clearly wind me up was the one that i was thinking was going to go forward with mooth tracking this might have been a perfect case of though this it wasn't his day wind me up because he ended up what in in tracking in fourth and then he was asked with three and a half furlongs left to run. And the minute, you know, Vasquez dropped his hands to ask him for some run. Yeah. He, was he retreated and, you know, you know, finished. Uh, he actually beat one horse. He beat noted. Yes. He, he beat did. noted who uh, also from the Todd Pletcher barn, I would think is probably going to go back to the grass, but going back to, to, to fierceness, you know, um, you had you had him tracking real nice off that right hip of uh, of of general partner Muth's a length back. You got wind me up. Then you had Prince of Monaco, Timberlake, and then you know the trio of locked Cuban Thunder and noted. And that was through the you know the first quarter and half mile. They went in twenty three and one forty seven flat. I think that's fine. Yeah, I mean right? it wasn't slow. No, but it wasn't, wasn't slow, but, but it, it wasn't fast. It was a moderate. Pace, yeah, right. It sure was. Um, and then fierceness took over midway around the turn as a 
you know, general partner, he, he began to fade under, uh, Manny Franco and, and, and Muth, you know, he was asked to keep up with him leaving the turn, um, by, by Juan Hernandez, you know, he threw a couple of crosses at him and, you know, once they hit the straight, um, you, you saw Johnny V, you know, kind of drop his hands and urge fierceness for some run. And he just, I mean, he exploded. Yeah. It's not to uh, say Muth, Muth didn't try and make a run at him. He, yeah. he made a run at I mean, him he, and he, he was, he drew off with plenty of class. Yeah. I mean, that was a classy, classy race. Um, his ears were pricked. Mm-hmm. He had a monster gallop out too. And if, you know, if you watch the video again and those ears are pricked, he was wanting to do more. Yeah. So that was a very exciting, uh, exciting win by fierceness that would, you know, and look, his breeding's fine. He's out of city of light uh, and Nona Bella is the dam, um, who who's from stay thirsty. So I don't think distance will be a problem as they continue to go on. I, I, I don't know what to make a mooth. Um, here's your trivia question, by the way, not trivia question, but Darren's stat of the breeders cup. Um, booth along with his stablemate national treasure, who was second to Cody's wish. Those are the only two California based horses to hit the board. It's wild. In 14 races at their home track, at the home track. Wow. I mean, think about that shows you how much the, well, to me, I, I just think, you know, racing here in Kentucky with the purses are so strong. New York's been a kingpin. California's on an Island, but you know, California's always had very, very nice horses. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to just hit the board with two seconds, um, that's wild in, in, in the 14 breeders cup races, but Muth, I thought ran fine. I thought third place finisher locked was impressive because if you watch that gate break, when he popped out of the gate, I don't think they were in the most comfortable position. Now he was, you know, pretty far back. He was, you know, battling for the last two spots oh, he early was, on he, in the he, first turn. He was officially last. He was last going into that first right. turn and, and he was racing down on the inside. And, and when you watch Jose Ortiz had, out of the gate, he, he asked him a little bit yep. and uh, you know, he just didn't really show any sort of speed out of that gate. And so he's, you know, in last with, uh, with noted going into that first turn. And really when you watch him in the stretch, he's making up ground. It's not like he's passing tired horses. He's, he's making up ground. I think he, uh, he got a lot of positive experience out of this race. And, uh, he's one that I think will, uh, be on the scene in Florida for, down for, this winter time for top watch. Yeah. For, for the most part, don't you think he was, um, was kind of a merry-go-round race with the exception of, of, of locked, yeah. uh, where he was the only horse that kind of made up any ground. I, I thought, you know, and you oh, saw that in the Breeders' Cup. Cough. Yeah, you but, saw that in the Breeders' Cup overall too. Like, yeah, yeah, it was a speed favoring track. But locked, I thought, you know, once they got around the first turn down to the back stretch, he was kind of racing on the inside um, of 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 the trio of uh, uh, Cuban Thunder and Noted. Mm-hmm. But it looked like he was probably taking some kickback, so he probably is going to get a good experience. It didn't look like he was uh, uh, opposed to it. But I think that was a good, that, that horse is going to get a lot of experience and education out of the trip that he got. And, you know, he was ridden hard and roused by, uh, by Jose Ortiz, uh, throughout, uh, down that backstretch. And then he really kicked it in, 
you know, down the stretch. So a distance of ground is not going to be an issue for the son of Gunrunner out of a Malibu moon mare. So I, I have no problem with locked in these road to the Derby races down the road. Yeah. I'm also okay with, uh, with Timberlake moving forward out of this I race. Am too. Um, you know, even though that, you know, he didn't really make a, a big run at things. I don't think he was comfortable going into that first term. You watch yep. Florent Giroux. He was standing up on him yep. in that first turn. And, uh, so I think he, he would like to probably be a little bit closer than he could have been given his post position in the pace scenario into this race. Um, and, and so you can, you know, maybe sort of give him a pass. Yeah, I, I definitely, he ran very grindy to me. Um, you know, he raced in, you know, he was kind of mid pack. And as you said, you know, he was too wide going into the first turn, um, you know, but then he raced in the clear. And, you know, he kind of moved in tandem on the far turn when, you know, fierceness was making his move. Muth was making his move. He was there, but he wasn't, you know, uh, making up any ground to me. He just, I think, you know, flat out, he was outrun mm -hmm. on Saturday or Friday rather, but it was a real grindy type race where he looked like he was running more one paced. So as the distances get longer, I don't, I don't have a problem with him. And, um, you know, he's, he's by into mischief out of a looking at lucky, uh, mayor. So I, I have no problem. What yeah. about, what about Prince of Monaco? Uh, I, I think he's going to be what we, we talked about last time. He's probably going to end up being better at one turn. Yeah. Um, he yeah. ran better than I thought actually. Yeah. And, but, but and I don't like him. I, th I think he, I think he, hit his max at a mile and a 16th. Yeah. And I think that could have been, he ran better because <laughs> the way the track was playing more favorable to the horses closer to the pace and the way that this pace scenario is shaped out of, you know, maybe that little bit of a merry-go-round. Um, and that's why he did better, you know, did okay. Did you notice first time around he jumped a shadow <laughs> at the finish line? He literally, if you watch a replay of the race, uh, Prince of Monaco's racing down on the inside, he jumps a shadow. Um, then he was in tight going into that first turn. Um, he raced, you know, kind of mid pack. It was about three and a half lengths off it. And, um, but you know, down the lane inside those final hundred yards, you can see he was coming up empty and starting to retreat. So I think a mile and a 16th is, uh, is, is probably the max of his scope. Even I'd, probably stick him at a mile because he, you know, he is, he he's, he's by spites down as was the horse that finished behind him. General partner, uh, didn't have much to, you know, say about general partner. I think, uh, you know, beaten 10 and three quarter lengths as a son of spites down said it all Cuban thunder. We were wondering what he was doing there, <laughs> how he only went off at, uh, 63 to one. Somebody bet him. God, somebody yeah, bet they him. did. Wasn't me. And then we talked about, uh, you know, wind me up and then, you know, noted probably needs to go back to the grass. That was, a, I mean, overall, I think this was a very good breeders cup juvenile. Well, time will tell oh, the speed figure came back, you know, real strong. Um, that's, that's a, that's a very nice, fast uh, performance. And, you know, let's remember fierceness was very fast in his debut. You just draw a line through the champagne. It wasn't his day. And, uh, he's going to be the champion two-year-old. He's going to be a deserving poster boy for the favoritism on the road to the Kentucky Derby throughout 
Uh, if you bet them uh, in pool one of the Kentucky Derby future wager, which closed uh, on Thursday in advance of the Breeders' Cup Future Stars Friday, I think you got 29 to 1. Yeah. You're, you, that was where I was pushing the one horse to bet. So I've got a little action on him there at 29 go. to 1. I love so we'll, it. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be, you know, maybe shades of forte of last year. The same connections. And uh, we'll have to see if, uh, you know, this horse holds a little bit better of a hand than forte did on the first Saturday in May. That was uh, the overall Breeders' Cup Juvenile. But I got one more horse to yeah, talk I'm, about. I'm glad we're going to talk about yeah, this we, horse. If you were paying attention to not just Santa Anita on Saturday, if you were watching the races at Churchill Downs, in the uh, seventh race, a maiden special weight for two-year-olds going seven furlongs. Godolphin unveiled a homebred uh, from the Billmont Barn by the name of Knightsbridge, who ran off and won by ten and a half lengths in his debut. He didn't, you know, go off as the favorite, but he was five to two. Billmont snuck this horse in from Saratoga, where he was, you know, training up there, and I'm telling you. This horse ran incredible. I mean, there's some people that probably cashed some tickets. Maybe Dave Norton, who's the clocker up there at Saratoga. <laughs> I mean, because oh, uh, the, the, this, they knew. They knew. Uh, I got a little bit of a word late in the day yesterday uh, about, you know, hey, there's been some chatter that, uh, you know, Asmussen likes his horse, but there's no shot he's going to beat this Bill Mott horse. I'm like, what do you mean this horse coming in from Saratoga? And, I mean, he was as impressive as can be, found some traffic, and just... I mean, as professional as can be, I'm really excited to see the future for this horse. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, he's going to get a good education out of this runaway victory because, <coughs> excuse me, this cough. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Um, he, he was off a little slow. Mm -hmm. J Jimmy, when the gates opened, Jimmy Graham, his butt fell in the, into the saddle and you know, the horse, but he was still forward. He tracked in fourth behind poker run. Uh, give me a reason and, and sharp shot. And, you know, down the back stretch, you know, he pulled, he was just, you can see he was just dragging Graham around there. He pulled Graham in between, give me a reason and, and, and sharp shot. And he had to check real briefly. And, and Jimmy did a great job, checked out and then just kind of went out, tipped him out to the outside as they're heading into the turn. And, uh, you know, he went three wide with a move. Uh, they went the half in, in 46 and one. You know, he took over leaving the turn and then he was roused by Graham, you know, throwing a couple of crosses. And I think he had one crop of the, of the riding crop, um, at the three sixteenths pole. <laughs> he just, he just went out there. He won, he, he, he won in one twenty two and four and, and then he galloped out strong as well. It was just a, a very, uh, eye catching performance by Knightsbridge on the uh, seventh race at Churchill Downs on Saturday, November the 4th. Jimmy Graham's written some good ones for Bill that he snuck in here. Elite Power was one that he snuck into an allowance race, yep. uh, of course, and back-to-back -back Breeders' Cup sprint winners that James has written for Bill Mott. So, uh, you know, good for him, good for the team, and definitely one to keep an eye on. He'll be on the road to the Kentucky Derby, I'd assume. 
in the near future. And of course, if you're on the road to the Kentucky Derby, make sure you bring a bottle of Woodford Reserve with you with 200 flavor notes in every sip. Woodford Reserve is a spectacle for the senses. Please enjoy responsibly. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a kind review. How about five stars? For, I'm going to go with a four-star performance. It, was, it wasn't a four-star for my betting performance over the Breeders' <laughs> Cup weekend, but the podcast, I think we did. Breeders' okay. Cup is, you know, it's it's very difficult because you, you have to remind yourself every year, and you get so excited for these races, but this is a gathering of the best horses in the world, all face. So sometimes when you have an upset, it, it shouldn't be that shocking because – Look, these are all very good horses. Uh, it's tough. I love playing pick fours and pick fives. It's tough to string them together on uh, on Breeders' Cup Day, and uh, I didn't have much success. But I was able to get out and just lose a, about fifteen bucks on the day. Hey, that's a win. That was a big dump. Yeah, that's a entertainment, right? Yeah, fifteen dollars for entertainment. I got out with the elite power. Good night, cold exacta. <laughs> I love it. That's uh, what made me think about that California stat. Yeah. Because it was just amazing. You know, you think about California speed. You think about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And went back and looking through those charts, the Californians could manage just two seconds on their home turf. And think about all the other, other ones that ran well that had to ship across the country, across the world. Yes. Europe going over there is not an easier ship than, you know, when they come here to Kentucky. Uh, Euro- Europeans um, showed their, their, their force and dominance of, of, of grass racing. And no, it was, it was, it was a good two days. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Fun two days. And of course, we're excited because of that future stars Friday and what we can see in the future from fierceness who's now going to head back to Churchill downs, enjoy a little bit of R and R at the, the Pletcher barn here and then ship down to Palm beach downs in Florida where he'll prepare for Kentucky Derby one fifty. That'll do it for us here on inside the Kentucky Derby. We'll uh, talk next time. There'll be all sorts of things coming up here on the road to the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Jockey Club is not far around the corner right here at Churchill Downs. We'll have all that and more on the next podcast. Thanks again for listening to us and be sure to like and subscribe for all the updates here on inside the Kentucky Derby.